Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. I have updates to share about Donald Trump's alleged coup clowns again this week. Um, first is the really great news, somewhat expected news, that Trump's White House trade advisor, Peter Navarro, has been found guilty of contempt of Congress. The jury had just been sworn in on Tuesday, and in the first and only day of testimony, the prosecutor told the jury that Navarro believed he was above the law and, quote, our system does not work if people believe they are above the law. Then the government called three witnesses. All of them were involved in the January 6th Select Committee. They are the ones who issued the subpoena to Navarro, and that's what landed him in this mess. So the first witness was Daniel George. He worked on the investigative counsel for the Select Committee. He said they issued the subpoena to Navarro because they wanted to ask him about public claims he made about the 2020 election, some of which Navarro even published online. There was a report, in fact, that he re he published online that was titled, quote, The Immaculate Deception. So George told the jury, quote, we thought he had information that was very relevant to what my team was doing. So that testimony really undercut Navarro's claim that he couldn't meet with the committee because this was all privileged communication that he had with the president, you know, or then president. Um, you know, if it's privileged, you can't talk about it. So how are you publishing it online? And according to reporters who attended the trial, Navarro spent, they said, quote, much of the opening hours of the trial standing on the side of the courtroom, pacing or watching the testimony with his chin resting on one hand. And when it came time for Navarro's defense team to offer his side of the story, they said nothing. They had nothing to say. Navarro's attorney gave an opening remark, but he didn't put on a defense at all. There were no witnesses called. There were no arguments made because Honestly, as I shared with you all, they didn't really have a defense. So after less than one full day of testimony and only four hours of deliberation, the jury convicted him on both counts. So that was failure to provide records and failure to testify. So now he faces up to two years in prison, uh, one year for each of the convictions, and there is a mandatory minimum of 30 days in jail. So he will be going to jail. And he told reporters he's planning to appeal this decision. He's going to take it all the way to the Supreme Court if necessary. Given the Supreme's, Supreme Court's reluctance uh, to take up any cases related to the 2020 election or January 6th, I don't think he has a prayer in hell of getting out of this, but we'll see. In other Ku Clown news, a radio interview has been discovered that further implicates fake electors in Michigan and also attorneys working with Donald Trump to overturn the election. Michonne Maddock is one of the 16 indicted fake electors from the state of Michigan. And she has been claiming lately that, oh, I just don't remember how this all happened. She claims to have this faulty memory about how this whole fraudulent electors and document idea came together. She told a radio host a very different story, though. On December 16th of 2020, she was interviewed on a local, local radio show, and she told the host, quote, I'm no constitutional attorney. I'm an elector for Donald Trump from Michigan, um, from the Michigan Republican Party. 
I, along with the other 15 electors, were guided by legal minds, attorneys for our president, some very incredible constitutional attorneys. Then she went on to say, quote, I can tell you that in the last few weeks, just some incredible minds. And from what I understand, you know, you have the federal constitution, constitutional law, and then you have state statutes. And, and they're different things, two different things. So what we did, uh, along with seven other states, really send in dueling electors and that will be there before, um, you know, a federal constitutional attorney. And it'll be before uh, Mike Pence and Congress to make that decision. So she admitted that not only were they colluding and conspiring with Trump's team in advance, but their whole story about signing these fraudulent documents only in the you know case just in case trump won one of his court cases that was a load of bs the plan from the beginning was to submit a second set of elector documents to vice president mike pence and force him to either sign the fake trump documents or giving him cover giving him an excuse to refuse to sign either one and saying, oh, we have to send it back to the states because there's two sets of documents and I just don't know which one is correct. <laughs> so, you know, I guess it would be cool with Maddox then if Kamala Harris decides who wins in 2024, right? And the Democrats in Congress. Yeah, no, um, yeah, he's fascist, I swear to God. Anyway, the next bit of Ku Clown news is not great. As you all know, the special counsel has been battling to gain access to the contents of Congressman Scott Perry's phone. They seized the phone back in August of 2022. And unfortunately, there are these ridiculous rules that fall under what's known as the speech and debate clause. That protects lawmakers' communications from being accessed by other branches of government. So the matter has been litigated. It's gone through several courts. One court ruled almost entirely in favor of the prosecutor and said, yes, you can have access to almost everything on his phone. But earlier this week, it went before an appeals panel, and that appeals panel ruled mostly in Perry's favor. The ruling is under seal, so we don't know exactly what it says. We don't know how much in his favor they ruled, but it was revealed in the court's docket that the appeals panel partially blocked the special counsel from accessing Perry's data. And according to Politico, it took the panel six months to make this decision. So they pointed out, oh, they clearly went through all of this. They reviewed all the records in question in great detail. Yeah, I'm not really buying it because all three of these judges were appointed by Republicans and two of the three are Trump appointees. So I'll let you make of that what you will. And what really pisses me off, which I've mentioned before, is the fact that both Republican and Democratic Congress members have spoken out in support of Perry, that he should that Perry should be allowed to hide his communications. 
This is why I say there are some areas that are just really, really skeezy, really underhanded, really shady, where both parties are alike. When it comes down to the establishment wing of each party, they try to hide their own dirty deeds and their own corruption. It's BS. Um, I also have a quick update about former Colorado elections clerk, Tina Peters. Peters, as you guys likely know, she's been charged with very serious crimes. I think it's close to a dozen for her alleged part in the illegal accessing of voting equipment in Mesa County, Colorado. So she was supposed to go to trial next month, but it was just postponed again. Should the trial was originally supposed to be in March, then it was moved to October. Now it's been pushed back to February of next year with jury selection scheduled to begin on February 9th, 9th of 2024. <laughs> Sorry, I can spit that out. I really can. Um, the reason for the most recent delay is that Peters fired her attorneys. She's hired a completely new legal team. So they say they need time to prepare. So we'll see. I will keep you all posted. I'll let you all know when I hear more. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Please like, share, and subscribe. Please donate if possible. Love you all. Take care. Talk with you soon.